Thanks for joining us on West Country Women, the new podcast with Alexis Bowater. Celebrating everybody's business and showcasing women across the West Country region. If you're listening, please follow and rate us five stars. Or if you're watching, make sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Produced and supported by Fresh Air Studios. Thank you very much for coming in. Thank you for inviting me. It's so lovely to see you coming all the way up from Cornwall. Yes. So I think apart from the lunch, the last time I saw you and we were together was on the night of the awards. Yes. What a night that was. (laughs) It was amazing. You were astonishing. You were absolutely amazing. And your speech brought people to tears. Yeah. And to their feet, you got a standing ovation. Gosh. And I have no idea what I said. <laughs> what did it feel like on the night? What do you recall? Um, it was just really surreal, I think, because you don't really think that your name's going to be called out. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure everyone says that, but you really don't because you hear what everyone else has done. You think, oh, gosh, oh, they deserve to win. Then when your name is called out... Mm-hmm. And I was going, I was like, oh my gosh, everyone said something. What am I meant to say? And I honestly didn't have a clue what I was going to say until I was stood up there. I just started talking. And then as soon as I stepped off the stage, I couldn't tell you what it was that I said. (laughs) But it was amazing. It was great. I don't know how I didn't cry because I was really overwhelmed. It was just an amazing experience. It was an amazing night. And everyone that was there was so supportive and so lovely. Mm. And everyone was just really happy to be there. Like whether you won or not, you were Mm. just so happy to be there. It was Mm. a really nice environment. You guys did a great job. (laughs) So tell me now why you won. What have you done? This is really difficult doing this when people say that. They're like, because I don't think that what I've done is anything massive. And to be honest, if my daughter hadn't died, would I have done it? Probably not. Mm. I think a lot of the time something traumatic has to happen for you to then want to do something about the circumstances around it. So, yeah, my daughter took her own life during the very first lockdown. Mm during the pandemic and she'd been struggling with her mental health for quite a while but the time when it happened really honestly was a massive shock because we'd got right to the end of the lockdown and we kind of thought that she was doing really well. I do know now that this is quite common that often does happen. It happens when you least expect it, when you think that everything's kind of going well. And I didn't obviously immediately think I was going to start up a charity. (laughs) I wasn't thinking anything like that. You know, I spent a good three weeks sitting on the sofa just wanting to end my own life, if I'm quite honest, just not wanting to be here anymore, wanting to be with Georgia. You know, luckily I have another wonderful daughter who kept me here. I knew that she needed me. And I think I just wanted to understand a little bit more what George was feeling and what she was going through. And I just started doing lots of research, thinking, oh, could I have got her more help? Because, you know, we'd really struggled to get her the help that she needed. And when we finally had got her the help, which was just before the lockdown, it all got taken away during the lockdown. So the lockdown was a huge, huge struggle for her. And like Mm -hmm. I say, we finally got to the end of that. Things were about to go back to normal. Mm -hmm. We were thinking, great, yes, she can get back to work, she can get back to the gym you know, a good routine again. And we thought that everything was going well, which is when she done it. Yeah, I started doing some research and 
the statistics were just so shocking. I didn't know them before. I was so, so shocked to find out that suicide was the leading cause of death in our young people. Mm. You know, I just thought, how can that be the leading cause of death? And then in young women under 24 now, the suicide rate is the highest it's ever been. It's never been this high since they started, you know, recording them. So I wanted to feel like I was still doing something for Georgia because I felt so helpless, you know, I couldn't help her anymore. So I wanted to be doing something for Georgia, something in her name that she could be proud of, that her name would live on forever. But also to help, I thought, you know, well, she can't be the only one feeling like this and the only one who isn't getting supported. And, you know, and then we obviously went into another lockdown. And I kind of found out that if you were vulnerable, that Mm -hmm. that help could have continued. Mm -hmm. So... I thought, well, do you know what? We're going to do something about this. We're going to start some support groups. I still didn't quite think about the charity then. I thought, we're going to start some support groups right in the middle of a pandemic when everyone is saying you can't do it. I was like, well, we're going to do it. And, you know, we're supporting vulnerable people. They need some consistency. They need something to look forward to. You know, they can't go out for a walk with their friends. You know, a lot of parents were even scared to let them have a friend round at the other end of the garden. You were so mm. fearful all the time. Mm. So, yeah, that's what we did. We started with just one support group in Falmouth. Mm. We quickly realised that the doctors and the hospitals and that weren't going to refer to us unless we were a registered charity. So then it was like, okay, Mm. let's become a registered charity. So then Mm. that got us looking at, you know, all the training that was needed, the DBS checks and all of those things. So we put together this training programme. Mm-hmm. so that people wouldn't feel overwhelmed. I always knew that all our facilitators, you know, the main requirement was going to be lived experience mm. so that they could understand what these girls That's were going nice. through. Not yeah. that just they'd studied at college or they'd done some research that they've actually might not be going through the same thing, but they can understand the feelings. Yeah. So that's our first requirement, you know, the training we can give everybody, the suicide first aid, the mental health first aid, the assist, safeguarding, all of those things Mm. they can do once they join. Yeah, we started with the one support group. We're kind of two and a half years on now and we're covering a third of Cornwall. Mm. with our support groups. So that time's gone really quickly, hasn't yes, it? Yes, it has. Sophie, can I ask you, I've known you for a little while now, but we've mm. never really had sort of space for you to answer this question. Yeah. What was Georgia like? Georgia was absolutely hilarious, which again is <laughs> one of the reasons I think that nobody ever knew that she was yeah. struggling. Because, because I've seen pictures, I've seen your publicity pictures, yes. I've seen the Facebook pictures. Yes. And She looks really happy. Yes. Well, there's one photo that I share, which was only about two hours before she took her own life and she had a massive big smile on her face, Mm. but that's what she did. She always felt like, which I know now a lot of young girls feel this way, and Mm -hmm. this is why we struggle to get them to the group sometimes. Once they come, they don't want to leave, but trying to get them there is because they don't think they deserve to feel the way that they do. A lot of that is other people who don't mean to do it. They're trying to make them feel grateful for what they've got in their life, but being like, what have you got to be so unhappy about? Okay. You've got a loving family, you've got this, you've got that. Now that used to make Georgia feel terrible. She used to say, you love me and Lee loves me and I've got Mia and I've got a job and, you know, all these things. Nothing really bad has happened to me. Why do I feel this way? And, Mm -hmm. you know, she was the funniest person ever. She couldn't sit still. She had ants in her pants all the time. (laughs) And a song would come on and she would just get up and just start dancing or singing 
she was just a joker. She always cheered everyone else up, but she just didn't really share. Unless you were very close to her, you didn't know that she was struggling with her mental health, which is what a lot of people do. And why we launched the Pass the Smile campaign last mm. year was because, yeah, you really do have to look past that smile because she was really struggling. And, mm. you know, when we were one-to-one, she just used to say, but I'm so ugly and I hate everything about myself. You know, and mm. I'd be like, you're beautiful. You're so beautiful. Mm. You know, and she'd say we were going to say that you're my mum mm. and it was really really hard to mm. make her see what everybody else saw because I know that other people thought that as well that she was beautiful and that she was funny you know people just loved being around her and the way that she made them feel you mm. knew she was in the room always mm. so yeah she was absolutely amazing she couldn't cope with the way that her brain worked and the thoughts that were in her head and she just felt constantly tortured by her thoughts all of the time and I think it just must have been really very exhausting. I've suffered with my mental health and I can only imagine at her age how that must have felt for her and then mm -hmm. you know I never had to go through anything like a pandemic at her age it's so hard you know girls of that age they live so in the moment they don't have that ability they think with a different part of their brain than we do they don't have that ability to look to the future and mm -hmm. think this will pass like we can we've had life experience we know we've been through hard things before that we can get through these difficult things and that nothing lasts forever. Mm. But if they've woken up for the second day in a row feeling that way, they're like, I'm going to feel this way forever. My mm -hmm. life is never going to change. And they just can't see a way through it. But for you, Sophie, as a mum, mm. coping with this beautiful child mm. of yours, yes, who was outwardly so gregarious mm -hmm. and popular and funny, and yet she was confiding in you the secret of her soul, really. Yes, yeah. What coping mechanisms did you have to be able to deal with that? Because that must have been heartbreaking for you um, as well. I didn't have any to start off with. I just absolutely, honestly fell to pieces and I didn't think I could get through it. Every single day when I woke up, because it's not just emotional pain, it hurts your whole body when mm. you're grieving, when mm. you've lost someone that's so close. It actually, it hurts. Your body hurts, your organs hurt, everything inside you hurts. And you wake up and you think, on top of that emotional pain, you think, how can I feel this much pain and not die? Mm. You honestly don't ever think that you're going to get through to the end of that day because the pain is so intense, physical and emotional. You try and take a sip of water and you can't keep it down. You know, you, when you're trying to walk and you feel dizzy, you know it's because you haven't eaten for three days. You try and eat something and mm. that just won't go down. And you're like... I'm sure I'm going to die soon and you don't really care. But as soon as I got the idea for George's voice and I think my friends and family were like, yes, yes, mm. let's, mm. you know, they were all fantastic. Everyone rallied around. Everyone wanted to help straight away because mm -hmm. I think everyone wants to help. And in those first few weeks, everyone's going, what can I do? What can I do? And you're like, I don't know. Bring Georgia yeah. back. There's no. nothing you can do. Yeah. And you can't even be polite to people. You haven't got it in you, you know, so you're saying these things and probably making people feel worse. So when I started talking about the charity, I think everyone was just so supportive and helped me so much because it's really hard setting up a charity. It's yeah. really difficult. I definitely needed a lot of help and support with that. And that is then what kept me going. It was like seeing George's name there when we made the logo and everything. We made everything so personal. Her favourite colour was purple. No way. Yeah. So our whole charity, you know, the logo is purple. Everyone calls our shop like the little purple shop. And there's just purple everywhere. And everything I 
do with the charity and try and make it a little bit personal to Georgia. How so, did you choose the name? Was it obvious to you that you were yes, going to call it Yes, it had to have voice? Georgia in it. And then it was just like nobody heard her voice when she was here and the things that she needed to say so they can hear them now and we can do that same thing for other people through Georgia's voice. Other young women can have their voice heard too. Mm. It's absolutely taken off across Cornwall, hasn't it? Yes. Have you been surprised at the support, but also at the need that there is for it? Yes, absolutely. Because you know, for every young woman that comes, there's kind of probably about eight or 10 more for that one that aren't coming because they feel too anxious or too nervous. So to have the amount of girls we've had coming to the group, it's a real eye opener. Mm -hmm. It really is. But I am just so glad that they are coming Mm -hmm. because the difference in them from the first time they come to one of our meetings to when Mm -hmm. they transition out, the confidence and, you know, mental health is so isolating when you're suffering. You tend to isolate yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't want to talk to people. You think you're crazy. You don't think people understand how you're feeling. So then when they come to a group and they might go, I'm coming, but I'm not talking. Mm-hmm. So they come along and they sit there. And then the other girls that maybe been there for a bit longer, they're sharing. And you just see their face. And you see them relax when they're like, oh, my gosh, somebody else gets it. Yeah. Somebody else feels the same way. And all the girls in our group are so welcoming. Yeah. Someone new will be there. They'll give them the space. And then at the end, they'll be like, we're going for a drink or we're going for tea. Do you want to come with us? Yeah. You know, and they just include them in everything. And, you know, the friendships that they form. And I love seeing it. For each group, they have a private online group as well. And they'll share pictures in there of little outings they've had, like between the groups when they've been meeting up. And you know, a lot of them will say, this is the first time I've had friends since I was in school. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. And for them, just knowing that that group is there every single week, they're like, you know, you never cancel, you know, bank holidays, everything, you still keep going. And we're like, yes, we know that's when you need us the most, when everything else has stopped. Yeah. You need us to keep going. And even when there's still so much COVID around and Mm. everyone kept getting it all the time, we have flexi facilitators as well as our facilitators that run the group. But, you know, even if everybody had COVID, we were like, We'll do online tonight. Yeah. Instead, you yeah. still get your group. It'll yeah. just be online. You know, if we couldn't get someone to cover the group. So we've always found a way. It's extremely rare that we've had to cancel. This is West Country Women. Thank you for joining us so far. If you want to learn about the awards, our community directory, or this new podcast, please head to westcountrywomen.co.uk. We're on all the social media channels too, at The Women Awards. You can find, follow and like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube and LinkedIn. And don't forget to follow and rate us wherever you listen to your podcasts and like and subscribe on YouTube. It seems to me that you've learned so much through an absolutely cataclysmic life event and family event that you've learned so much about healing from trauma and that you're sharing that. What are the really big things that you've learned? Yeah, because I'm by no means a mental health professional. And when people want us to come and do talks about mental health, I get Louise. She's amazing. She's our mental health ambassador. Mm-hmm. And she's got way more training than me. So I always send her. When people want to hear about Georgia and about Georgia's voice, I go, when they want to talk about mental health, I always send Louise. So I'm like, I'm not a mental health professional. But the same as all of our other facilitators, I have that lived experience. Mm-hmm. And I do know that you can heal from trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, people want to bury it and you can't do that. That's the worst thing you can do. Healing is very, very painful, but it is so worth it. It's mm-hmm. a lot heavier to carry your trauma than it is 
is to go through that pain mm. of dealing with it and healing it. And mm. you feel so empowered when you've healed from something and you can think about it without it taking you back to that event. Or, mm -hmm. you know, it took me a long time to be able to think about Georgia without thinking about where I went wrong or that day that she died and seeing her in that way. It took a really long time. But now, you know, I've done so much work on myself in the last three years. You know, now I actually have my happy memories. I can think about her as a child. Yeah. I can think about her messing about and dancing and all these things without having that guilt and all those overwhelming horrible feelings that I had that were just absolutely exhausting yeah yeah it's just so important to open up to talk and to accept the help really because we get a lot of parents friends sisters messaging us saying I've got someone that really needs to come to the group how can I make them come yeah they can't make them come if they don't want to come they won't engage they mm. have to want to come for themselves mm. and when they do that's when the big changes will happen I think any parent of a child any mother of a daughter listening to what you've done and what you're doing what you've experienced and what you've lived through and what you are living through mm. would be full of admiration and disbelief really that you've mm. managed to survive this yourself yeah. As a parent, what have you done to cope with the trauma yourself and to leave yourself in a position where you've become a leader in your own right? <laughs> I guess to start off with, it was helping others helps you massively. Mm -hmm. But I've accepted, I had a lot of kind people offering me help therapy different kinds of therapy mm. i've had more or less constant therapy since georgia died mm -hmm. with all different kinds of therapists that have all taught me different things they all have different approaches i've got a couple of great friends that are life coaches i went to them as well mm. i obviously recently went and spent a month in the amazon rainforest <laughs> what was that like on a spiritual what happened there? retreat it was crazy it was intense it was one of the hardest but best experiences of my life mm -hmm. And that has taught me a little bit more about taking time for myself and looking after myself because everything I was doing before was helping, but I also was massively overwhelmed and trying to do everything myself. Whereas now I'm letting a lot more people because everybody wants to help. Everybody wants to get involved. Yeah. And actually when you let them, they feel really valued. Yeah. And I hadn't realised that before. I was trying to do everything myself yeah. and feeling okay. like I had to be like the super... Because everyone kept saying, it's so fantastic. It's so wonderful. I, felt, I kind of kept thinking like, oh gosh, I have to keep doing all these millions of things and doing it all myself. And you don't actually. Actually, it's perfectly fine to hand some stuff over to other people, especially if they're our admin lady that we've taken on, Kirsty. She's absolutely fantastic and she can do in a couple of hours what would take me all day. So it makes sense to hand it over yeah. to her. <laughs> yeah, so since I've been back, I know that I don't have to work 24 hours a day for George's voice to be amazing, that actually everybody needs to take some time for themselves. You can't help others if your battery is empty. Yeah. So that's one of the biggest things that I've learned from being away is making that time for myself for eating healthy and going and doing yoga just and having time to do nothing, just nothing. That's really important as well. Tell me a couple of key things about George's Voice. So how can young women access it? Yeah. And also, how can people help you? The young women that want to come to our groups are always absolutely amazed that there's no hoops they have to jump through to get to a group. Yeah. 
if they want to come to a group, mm-hmm. you come to a group. We know how hard it is to ask for help. If you're asking for help, we know that you need it. So you just come. You don't have to fill in any questionnaires. There's no tick boxes where we're going to say, sorry, you don't fit the criteria. If you feel you need to be there, we know then that you need to be there. Mm-hmm. So it's just coming along. And if you feel too nervous to come along, it's sending us a message and saying, I feel really nervous. And we said, OK, let's get someone to meet you outside beforehand, mm-hmm. have a little chat with you for five minutes and mm-hmm. then bring you in, show you around so you know what to expect. We try really hard to post as much as we can, not of members, but of like facilitators recording videos or like yeah. pictures of them, pictures of the rooms and the venues so they kind of know what to expect when they get there. Mm-hmm things like that and as for how people can help us there's so many ways from small up to big you know the smaller ways that people can help us is just helping to spread the word Mm. following us on social media sharing our posts things like that because how can people access the help if they don't know it's there Mm. so the more you share you know somebody who needs it might see it Mm -hmm. we've got a charity shop donating to our charity shop but the bigger ways that people can help other than volunteering because we always need volunteers as well (laughs) if you're in Cornwall and we haven't got a group in your town and you think that we need one you know could you do it do you know somebody that'd be great to do it get in touch you know we want to cover the whole of Cornwall so yeah obviously all of the support that we offer we offer for free so our support groups are free Mm. our well-being activities we do regular well-being activities there's something going on all of the time Mm. whether that's yoga you know our girls recently voted on what they wanted to do and they wanted to do a pole dancing workshop so you know they're like it's I'll pop down for that one for you it's you do it with me. making us love our bodies okay so they did a pole dancing workshop you know water sports walk and talks beach cleans all kinds of things but we also pay for all of our members to have talking therapy as well yes so everything we provide to our members is always free but it all costs a lot of money. Of course. But people always think they have to donate us loads of money to help. And they think if they can't afford to do that, it's not helpful. But mm-hmm. actually, you can. You can go on our website. You click on the donate button. You can donate a one-off amount of money if you want to. Mm-hmm. But the most helpful thing to us is all those wonderful supporters that we have that mm-hmm. maybe donate £5 every month or £10 every month. Yeah. You know, We recently worked out with the amount of Facebook followers we had that if just a third of them donated £5 a month, that that would pay for every single one of our support groups across the whole of Cornwall. Yeah. You it's know, not much, is it? It isn't much. People always think that they've got to be donating, you no, know, 20, 30, 40, 50 pound a month. It's like, no, but we need everybody to do it. If everybody donated yeah, yeah, yeah. £5 pound a month and kept on doing that, that would be massive. Do you know, the more I hear from you, I mean, even from last December when you won mm-hmm. to now, it is amazing how much it's grown and this charity has mm-hmm. grown and, and you've grown. Yes. And yeah. you run a charity. It is George's Voice. Yes. Do you ever wonder what she'd say to you? She could. Oh, George is with me all the time yeah. and I know that she would just love it. I know that she would just be so happy. The same as a lot of people that suffer with their mental health, when they're here, they feel like a massive burden. She wouldn't want everyone to be sat around feeling guilty, feeling upset. You know, we did for a long time, mm. but she would want us to be happy. She would just love that we had turned this around mm. and, and she'd definitely love it that her name was everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> And in purple as well. She would definitely (laughs) love that. So, yeah, I think that she'd be really pleased. And I think that she'd be so pleased 
that the other young women, because she would be able to recognise how they're feeling, that mm. they've got somewhere to go because she didn't have anywhere to go. Mm. You've obviously got a massive affinity with young women. You connect with them and communicate with them yes. really, you know, in a wonderful way. It's what, just what so about, rewarding. Yeah, I can feel that from you. Yeah. What would you say to the 12-year-old Sophie? Oh, goodness. I think to believe in yourself and that your voice can make a difference. You always think that you're just one person and that you can't make a difference, but you absolutely can. Everybody has the power to make change. Everybody has the power to make things happen. You've just mm -hmm. got to believe in it. You've just got to believe in yourself. And if you've got that passion, you'll do it. I'm going to ask you just one question quickly. Have you got a book that you'd pass on to other people? Oh, I love reading. I read a lot. But I think one of the books that I really found life-changing that I read after Georgia died was Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now. Yes. I've now read that, listened to it on Audible about 10 times. And every single time I pick something else up from it. Yeah, and it is just about looking at things differently and the fact that you don't see half of what's around you. Mm -hmm. You don't see the beauty in things. So when you start doing that and being grateful, you know, that's one thing that I do every single day. I kept a journal when I went away, but that stopped. I knew it would stop as soon as I came home, <laughs> even though I tell everyone else to journal. But one thing I do do is I've got a little book. And that is like a gratitude journal. Mm -hmm. And I don't always write in it every day, but then sometimes I sit down and I think, I'm just going to think of one or two things to be grateful of. And honestly, it just goes on and on for pages because there are just so many things. You know, even if it was just that like five minutes in the morning when no one needs you and you've got your cup of coffee and it's just really quiet, like that peaceful moment that you've got to yourself or, you know, when you notice like flowers when you're on your way to work, like when there's a tree flowering or something, you're like, oh, that's beautiful. And when you start thinking, Thinking back through your day, there's so many things to be grateful for. You know, the fact that you've got a roof over your head and that somebody loves you. And yeah, there's so many things. And when you're having a bad day, you really can't think of anything to write in there. What I do is I go back to the beginning and I start reading it through and you forget so many things. You go through and you think, oh, I don't remember that. Oh, and it really, really cheers you up. Yeah, going through it and reading it. So for anybody else that struggles to journal, I would say do a, <laughs> gratitude. Do a gratitude one. Yeah, definitely. That's good advice. You're allowed to pick one question out of there oh, and you have to gosh. ask me. I and ask I'm going you. to ask you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is an easy one. If you had to eat a crayon, what colour would you choose? I'd have to be purple, wouldn't it? <laughs> Georgia, thank you. <laughs> she stepped in there. Oh, would you rather sing karaoke with the head of our department or be on a group call with the CEO and your parents? I would not like to be on a group call with my parents. And the head of our department, I guess, would probably be Tess Stuber. And yeah, I'll do that. I'll do karaoke with her. That'll be fun. Oh, nice. That sounds fun. <laughs> do you know, it's been such a privilege to spend this time with you talking Thank to you. you finding out about your charity was an unbelievable gift for myself and so many other people and it is a gift for many many young women across Cornwall yes I think like so many people you are absolutely phenomenal and it was a real privilege and honour to be able to make your charity George's Voice our charity of the year this year and we appreciate it so much it helps so much with getting the We're word out try there and raise so. a bit more awareness yes for you. yes yeah. please thank, so, you. thank you right that's it <laughs>
If you want to find out more about the West Country Women Awards or nominate someone for next year's ceremony, visit westcountrywomenawards.co.uk. The West Country Women Podcast was presented by Alexis Bowater. Copyright West Country Women Awards CIC. Produced and supported by Fresh Air Studios.